This episode of the Happy Hour brought to you by Sugar and Slice Bakery. Contact Kristen at 863-326-8097. You can email her at sugarandslicebakery at gmail.com. They're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sugarandslicebakery. See all the wonderful photos of their custom cakes, cupcakes, cookies, cheesecakes, and pies. Order for your next party, family get-together, or company event. Also, if you tell them that the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you, they'll give you $5 off the total of your next order. So don't forget to tell them that the happy, happy hour, hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and I got my main man, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Of course, this is the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, and every episode of the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Yes, sir. We're going to do it double. That's double-barreled right there. Double-barrel. Do salutes. Oh, yes, cheers, sir. sir. Cheers. 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 Oh, man, it's good to be back in the studio, I'll tell you. Good times, good times. Of course, we are, if this is the first time you're listening, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And, of course, um, start off with some kind of sad news, Deuce. The president of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata, Passed away on July 11, 2015, at the age of 55. That's pretty young, man. Yeah, let's let's kind of go into who he was as a person, um, where his history was, and then we'll kind of talk about you know, the games that he was doing. You know what yeah. his legacy was, because uh, the, the guy's been around forever um, for just video gaming in general. Um, of course, you know he was he started off as a game programmer. Yeah, and um, so he kind of knew the insides of video games, literally, because yeah. he was a coder. Yeah, yeah. So like he would code the levels and designs and all that stuff. So like the guy started off that way, and uh, he was actually really famous for working with uh, HAL Laboratories, which you know did games for uh, Kirby and Smash Brothers and whatnot. And I remember this is the first game I ever played was uh, Kirby's Dream Land for the game, the original Game Boy. That game wasn't going to actually happen. Um, uh, Sakurai Son, the guy who created. Uh, Kirby, he couldn't. He didn't really. He couldn't get the. He created Kirby, but he couldn't get the level design correct, uh, large enough to fit the cart of the uh, Game Boy. So, it was pretty much all Iwata that pretty much helped uh, create the level design and, and make sure he had enough room on the card, uh, the cart to, uh, you know, get it going and whatnot. Um, Nintendo. I mean, Kirby's. Uh, you know, as we're talking, I'm sitting behind some Kirby's here. Uh, yeah. Our friend Angela. Crawford from Angela's Epic Yarn. She yeah. made some awesome uh, Kirby's for us. Um, I'm a big Kirby fan. So big shout out to her. She's awesome. Um, but yeah, Kirby's a very iconic character, uh, especially in Smash Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of people love, love Kirby. He's cute and whatnot, and, and he's kid friendly and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, so like he he was pretty much behind all that. And then it was like Smash Brothers. You know, we talked about Smash Brothers before, but like no one knew what Smash Brothers was going to do. Yeah. And uh, you told you, you know you told the story when you were playing it and whatnot, and um, you know, well, I going back at it now, looking at it, it's like it's kind of cool to see where it started to where it is now. Like it's really grown, and it's it's all water, you know. Yeah. You know, he actually didn't become president of Nintendo until two thousand two. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was there for a while, you know, as a as a programmer and coding and stuff like that. But for me, the I remember the the day I heard about it, we were we were over at a friend's house, and I was all of a sudden I was looking through my phone. And then, and I heard that he had passed away, and I was like, "Wow, such a legacy he's left. He's really been 
the heart and soul of Nintendo for so many years. Did president for 13 years, and then of course his, his work with HAL Laboratories. You know, second to none what he's done. You know, big shout out to him. You know, from the Happy Hour, with Johnny and Dude, single handedly. You know, pretty much helped Nintendo go through because we, as we know, the GameCube era. You know, was kind of on the down, was kind of down, and he he was the one that kind of was leading the flag for the Wii when the yeah. Wii came. And the Wii was a huge, massive success. Oh yeah, that put Nintendo. You were in back the industry. In the yeah, yeah, you were in the industry oh when God. it happened. So yeah. tell us, Deuce, from your side. Man, it was nuts. Because to be honest with you, like. At the time, because now we're going back to the era of the GameCube, your 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 heavy hitters were the PS2 and the Xbox, right. and it was hilarious because it, in the the place I was working, the alleged store I was working, like not even I would say a fourth of our store was GameCube. It was like fifty percent PS2, probably another fifty percent Xbox, and then it got like a little corner, uh, kind of next to the PC stuff. And I always felt bad because I, I had some friends that had the GameCube, played the GameCube, liked it. Um, but it just seemed like there was never anything that would really catch on. You know, and yeah, they had uh, Smash Brothers Melee and they had the Mario Kart Double Dash, but nothing crazy. And then the E3 comes where they show the Wii and people lost their shit. I literally had people camping out to get pre-order reserves for the Wii like overnight. Like, literally, I remember because one of them, they, they put their truck, they backed it up right to our front door in the first parking spot that wasn't, you know, uh, handicapped. Uh, and they had a bed in the back of it. They had a full-on, like, mattress. And they brought a mattress and a TV and a cooler. And they camped out all night just just so they could reserve the Wii. They weren't even getting the Wii that day. So, just to reserve it. And I remember how crazy it was with the Wii. But, if, to be honest with you, to me, it put Nintendo back on the map because... We'd have people that come in where that were like average, uh, rabid PS2 people, rabid Xbox people, and they were like, "I want to get a Wii," and I'm like, "Wow, okay," because you know at the time I had gotten just gotten my 360. I, you know, Wii wasn't really on my radar, but like to a lot of people it was, and it was interesting to see the the diversity. Like you'd literally have grandparents, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool. You getting this for your grandkids?" They're like. No, we're getting this for us. And I was like, oh, okay. Get on with it, Granny. Well, I think it's great because it like, hit a, a whole different demographic, like you said. Yeah. Uh, the quote-unquote casual gamers yeah. were really getting into it. Yeah. And you had people that hadn't picked up a gaming console in the decades. You well, know. Prime example, my mom and dad. like They didn't buy one, but the last time they had played a video game was literally with me when I was probably five or six the eight bit Nintendo like playing like Duck Hunt. My dad thought that was hilarious and like the original Mario. But then my brother got a Wii for his kids and they'd go over and they play Wii with the kids. They play the bowling. They did the tennis. Like they really enjoyed the Wii. Yeah, it was a uh, for me I didn't it was hard to find. You know, like I, I my parents were searching and searching and searching. Oh, they yeah. couldn't find them anywhere. Dude, fist fights were breaking out over them. Oh yeah, I I, allegedly I saw one in the middle of my store break out <laughs> over one. I mean, and that was the thing was like it was like Nintendo was back on the map again oh, because yeah. before it was kind of like Nintendo was waning because you know, PS2 was just dominating because the PS2 is still the highest selling console of all time. Oh yeah, and 
at the current rate of the new consoles, it, it, they might eclipse it. But at the time, you know, PS2 was all the rave. And GameCube had some great games on it, like you said earlier, with Double Dash and whatnot. But it, it kind of started to decline towards the end. And people were like, what's going to happen with Nintendo? You know, because they had the proprietary disc. They had the small little circle disc. And people just didn't know what was going to happen to Nintendo. Or are they going to be able to match the big boys? You know, because yeah. 2005 is when the Xbox 360 came out. Yeah. And that thing just took off. Yeah. Took off like crazy. And we all know how, how successful Microsoft was in that last yeah. year. And of course, PS3, you know, had was kind of maligned because of the U, the that E3, the US uh, five ninety nine US dollars, and people just weren't like, what? Yeah, you know, and they were like, yo, you can get a second job to pay for our system. I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, that was a PR. <laughs> that nightmare. was a yeah. huge PR PR nightmare. And uh, former C- CEO or whatever, uh, Kazurai, he, uh, he, you know, he. It's not all his fault, but it was kind of funny. He has a lot of memes coming out of that yeah. uh, E3. It's Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Remember that one? All right, so let me, uh, let me go right ahead, get right into the game. Oh, this brings back memories. I don't know if it's just me. But and then it was like Nintendo. They came out late to the party, and they were like 2006, end of 2006, yeah. early 2007. They dropped the Wii, and people were like, what is it? the Wii? What is this console? Yeah. Motion controls? Yeah. What is this? Because no one was doing that anymore. No, nobody had done that. And that was the cool thing about it, because it kind of got back to those old on-rail shooter games. Like I agree. Like Area yeah. 51 and stuff yeah. like that. They made a great one. I think it's called Resident Evil Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. That was really good, and it did some neat stuff. And they had a House fun. of the Dead uh, game, too. Yeah. It was really awesome. So they had a lot of really cool games that hit hit that different market. But like you said earlier, you know, the inception of the Wii Sports just dominated. Oh, yeah. It was like people bought that system just for those games. Literally, I knew people that bought it just for the Wii Sports, the game that it came with in the box, and didn't buy another game. Right. They're like, oh, I just like the Wii Sports. I'm like, you bought the system. People had parties. Yeah. Yep. And they were like, yeah, I'm good. And I'd, like, go over I, to, I'd go over to people's houses and be like, I'd see them playing Wii, you know, Wii tennis. Like that was the this, the tennis was a big yeah. deal. Like people were playing tennis left yeah, and right. Yeah, that and the bowling was the pretty bowling big too. Was good. But and the they had golf and all huge. that stuff. But yeah. yeah, the the baseball, like it was fun. Like I, I still have my Wii. I, I enjoy it uh, yeah. from time to well, time. It's sitting right here in our studio. Yep, it's in our studio, and it's just funny to see, you know, what Nintendo what they were doing. Is Nintendo to me, you know, we, we were always talking about how Nintendo was a part of who we are, and we grew up loving Nintendo, and Nintendo. That's why this. The death of Iwata-san really hits hits us deeply because it was like you know Nintendo. That's one of my fondest memories growing up. It was was playing a Nintendo console, one of my yep. earliest memories. And for me, it's like seeing what all you know what all uh, Iwata-san did it was it's mind blowing. And also he he was also directing the the DS. The DS was a huge deal. Uh, was a game com- changer. A game man. changer. Yeah, I mean it was the mobile market exploded because it was like you had a. The, the clamshell design, the two screens, the touch screen, you, you know, it was an awesome design. And DS was just a fantastic system. So many amazing games that came on it. Mm. I mean, third-party support. You had, you had, you know, RPGs, and you had some awesome games that came out from it. And uh, this was during a time where mobile games, so they were competing against, like, the mobile market with Angry Birds and all that stuff yeah. as well. But they, they were able to dominate in that sector, and it's still one of the best handheld consoles ever oh, made. Oh, yeah. I yeah. still think, I mean... In the handheld market, I think Nintendo today dominates. I mean, don't get me wrong. The PS Vita's out there. People love their Vitas. You have a Vita. Yep, I love my Vita. Uh, yep. But, you know, I don't think it sold near as many units as what the, the 3DS has. Right. Well, and it, it's interesting to see kind of, you know, you go back to the roots because Nintendo always has those core franchises, the, the core yeah. IP. The uh, You say it's the Disney of video games. It is. And I truly believe that. And I feel like, you know, with Mario and Link and Samus and Donkey Kong and, 
Z- uh, Zelda and Link and all that. Like you have like this core franchise that people want to go back to. And Nintendo, sure, I'd love to see Nintendo innovate and create different games and different IPs. But like when they do hit something, you know, it's magical. And I I love I love the fact that you know when you especially with the the Wii. It was such a diverse system too, because they had games that were for adults too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was a game from Platinum Games uh, called Mad World, mm-hmm. voiced by John DiMaggio that yeah. plays Bender in uh, Futurama. Uh, really, really crazy game, but it was all black and white. But it was like really graphic, and I was like, "Oh, I remember, you remember that, that one, yeah, yeah." Because they showed it to us at this conference they sent us to, and like it was like the first time they'd shown it to anybody, and they showed it to us, and I'm like looking at the other, you know people in the industry I work with them like putting this out on the Wii what the fuck yeah I know because Nintendo's yeah. all been about families well, and it's it. not even that it's like most of the people I've sold Wii's to are old people and kids it's yeah. like who's gonna play this but right. it sold really well like I remember I want to say it came out like at Christmas or something but I remember selling quite a few of them and people were like man if you've got a Wii you gotta pick this up yeah there was a lot of great games that came out for the Wii and I, I also feel like the Wii was kind of experimental as well like, there's different things you can do with it. Like we said, Mad World. And there was, like, some cute platformers, too. Like, Zack and Wiki was really cool. So they had, like, these awesome kind of experimental uh, titles that were, were thrown on there. And, of course, you know, you had, you know, Metroid Prime is, like, one of the famous games for the GameCube era. And, of course, they had the third game, Corruptions, that came out on the Wii uh, for the trilogy. So it's it's interesting to me to see kind of, like, where Nintendo has started to where they are now and where they've evolved. And I, I think a lot of it, you know, the last 13 years, you know, has been, Iwata's really been doing a lot. He's got his fingerprints He's all over He's got his fingerprints it. all over And, of course, you know, the most famous Nintendo employee is obviously Miyamoto, you know, who guy yeah. who created Mario, created, you know, created all these franchises, these characters that we love. So that was a thing for me. It was like when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, what are they going to do now, Nintendo? Who are they going to put, you know, in the chair? Because you want someone that loves and breathes video editing because, you go back to Iwata, the the guy he he was part of who he was because like he 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 loved building games he loved creating games he yeah. was a gamer you know and from and the one thing I loved about Iwata was how funny he was because you think about it we we have friends we talk to that are they're developers and coders and all that and they don't necessarily have the they're pretty quiet subdued you know they mm-hmm. don't really they're a little bit shy they don't really want to talk in front of crowds no. you got to think about it as well is how how Iwata kind of took his he's very charming he he kind of took that humble beginnings where mm. he came where he came from and he Nintendo also pioneered the Nintendo Directs you know they yeah. they they were famous for not being at E3 anymore mm-hmm. they were like all right we're going to do our own direct you know digital directs you mm-hmm. know shot at home and uh put to the masses so they were kind of ahead of the game when it comes to the YouTube and the the Treehouse which is an awesome company uh a division of Nintendo where they actually go and they help they demo games and show things at different conferences and like it's a whole team and it's really really great to see kind of like that family atmosphere. Nintendo's always Nintendo's always felt like a family. Yeah. Their family atmosphere, family image, and so it's. You know, you go back and you look at what Nintendo kind of, they got lucky with a franchise called Pokemon because mm-hmm. no one knew how Pokemon was going to hit in the United States. No. Japan, we knew. Japan was like, all right, it's going to be crazy, but we had no idea when Red and Blue and Yellow came out wh- how successful that was going to be. And Awada essentially, you know, he believed in this franchise, yeah. and he actually was part of making. He actually he helped, helped create, helped code some. Of he it, helped. He? Well, he 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 saw some of the original code, and then he actually created uh, gold, silver, and crystal, which is the yeah. second gen. He actually helped create that, and like just to see where that franchise went. And you know, Pokemon isn't for everyone, but it definitely when it hit America, it hit strong. And of course, it did, having it blew the anime, up. having the anime helped as well. 
But it was like, it was just so successful in America. It's always selling millions of units every time it comes out. And so it was, it's one of those memes where you had Miyamoto and uh, Iwata where they had the DS. It prints money, you know, and like, because it's just like people were just buying them just for play Pokemon. Yeah. People were buying the system just to play, play Pokemon. Pokemon. So it was really interesting kind of see, you know, did you ever play Pokemon in all Deuce? Uh, I, I had a Game Boy at one point, and I want to say, like, I got it like at a flea market or something crazy. I'm talking like the big boxy one, and this is way after that it kind of been its heyday. And right. uh, Red and Blue came out, and those were kind of big. And I, I picked it up just because, like, Pokemon was like the new hit thing. It was like, and I want to say we were in, like, late middle school, maybe early high school when that hit, give or take. i say middle school. Middle school? Yeah. And, like, the card game was getting big and all that stuff. And I said, let me let me give this a try and see what it's all about. And I remember because I got Pokemon Red. And I played it for a while. I just, I, I, I don't think, I, I'm getting to the age now where I'm old enough to appreciate RPGs. When I was that young, I couldn't really, I, I couldn't grasp it. Yeah, because it, RPGs, there's a lot of stuff that you're asking people to grasp. And it's also very time-consuming. And I'm wondering. That's the, true. I, yeah. I put... In original blue, I think I put like upwards to like a hundred and something hours into blue. Oh, easy, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like for me, it was like it was fun because like if I got home at night, like after I did my homework, I could go to bed and like play it for an hour or two, and that was cool because then I didn't have to have my Nintendo on. So it, it was kind of like the sneaky gaming, if you will, because it's like, oh, the TV's not on, I'm in bed, and I could play it for an hour or two, and that was cool. But then after a while, I just got kind of bored with it. Yeah. But that's just because I've not been a huge RPG guy. Now, RPGs now, are your I bread I and feel, butter. Well, I feel like now that you're older, you kind of want to go back and play some of those games now. Yeah, like kinda... that's why like I want to replay, or not replay, I want to play Final Fantasy VII. I want to play Chrono Trigger. I want to, because you get into conversations with people, and they talk about these touchstone games like Final Fantasy VII and Chrono Trigger, uh, even the Pokemon series, where they're right. like, you know, I was a kid and I played this. Um, and also, I've got such an appreciation for gaming history. It's such a, a big piece of gaming history. It feels like a title that that needs to be on like my video game bucket list. That like I need to play it just so I can play it and kind of be a part of the conversation when it comes to it. Um, well, yeah, I I agree, and I I feel like you know Iwata, like you said earlier, has his fingerprints over all of this stuff. He you also go back. I go back to the Wayback Machine here. Um, back, he actually helped create uh, Balloon Fight, which uh, a lot of our listeners probably don't know what that game is. It came out for Nintendo, and essentially, you you have it's kind of like the I call it, and this is going to sound weird, but the only way I can equate it is kind of like the Flappy Bird of of that that of the NES era, yeah. Uh, but in a good way, because it like the whole premise is that you have characters, these 8-bit sprites that have balloons on, on their backs. Okay. And that would raise up and down depending on how much you know you, you tap the A button, I think. Okay. And it would go up and down and you, you try to go and, and uh, collect different items and whatnot and you could knock into each other and yeah. if the balloon pops, that person will, you know, go down go down, yeah. and you could beat them. That's kind of what they did with uh, with a Mario Kart. They adapted the balloon yeah, fight yeah. with the original, you know, the battle mode. That's what yeah. that was premise was based on, derived from. And it was kind of like a... Uh, uh, variation of that uh, used uh, for Mario Kart. So even even though Iwata didn't actually work on Mario Kart, you could see his influence on that, which I thought was really nice. Uh, but yeah, Balloon Fight was cool. Also, he had he did uh, the NES to open tournament, which is one of the first golf games oh, the yeah. NES did. He had Mario, or oh, it looked like Mario, the guy the guy with the mustache. Yeah. 
uh, and that was really, you know, really awesome game. So like, go back and look at like the Brett, like his original games that he worked on, and see where we are now. It's just mind blowing to see because like we talked about Smash Brothers earlier, we kind of glossed over it. So let's kind of get into more deep like Smash Brothers because that legacy is huge, yeah, very strong. Millions of units sold at each each iteration, and we're still playing. We're still talking about that. And yeah. he, he he pretty much coded that game. You know, like he, it was amazing because you think about you know, look at the Nintendo sixty four. I don't think it aged as well as everyone remembers. We Deuce and I got uh, re got to rebuy our sixty uh, fours recently. Yeah. Uh, we you know we have an awesome collection now, and we love it and we appreciate it. Yeah. But some of we we were talking with some friends, and some of the control schemes don't necessarily work as well but but you go back and you're just like one of those things where you're like man it, you feel like a kid again because it's like yeah. nostalgic and to see that franchise smash brothers yeah iterate and grow and change and have a huge fan base is you know a testament of how amazing iwata was you know like and think about it i mean y- you got to think when he walks in that pitch meeting and goes hey i got this idea for a game it's going to be a fighting game, but with Mario and Samus and Link, you got to think people are like, "What? What are you talking?" About? Yeah, they're like, "You're going to make our, you're going to have our characters fight, fight against each other? other? That's yeah. not Nintendo yeah, friendly." That, yeah, exactly. Like, I've got a, f- a feeling that he had to probably jump through some hoops. Oh and, yeah, like, I'd love to be a you know, fly on the wall in that for meeting. That. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. I wish things like that were saved for posterity's sake. Yeah, because that would be. I'm sure you could probably teach whole college classes, write a whole thesis about it, but. uh yeah, no, I mean, that game was phenomenal at the time. And I've got to say, I know that's on me and you's kind of elusive bucket list of games that we still want to get is that Mario Kart. Right, we still want to buy that for our yeah. collections. And it's it's one of those games where the value of how it's still $60 to buy this. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go out and buy one online, it's like 60 bucks yeah. because of the value. And that's the thing. And ain't even with a box or nothing. Nope, that's just the cartridge. Yep. And that's the thing that, that, shows, you, that shows you how prideful and how amazing and how much respect people have for Nintendo's products yeah. and how much intrinsic value they have. They hold up. The value of their carts hold up. Mm. Anything you have in your collection, dudes, in my collection, holds up the value mm. of Nintendo. And oh, I yeah. think that's the way it's always going to be. And I've got to say, I think in my personal opinion, Nintendo stuff holds its value way better than anything else because like, I've been able to get like some Sega stuff pretty cheap. Right. I've been able to get some like you know games for other systems pretty cheap. But anything Nintendo, Super Nintendo, or or Nintendo sixty four or NES holds its value. Like so, if you're a collector out there, I mean, you just know that it's it's gonna hold in value. It's you know, it's got good stuff. Yeah, and I also think it's it's interesting to see, you know, now uh, now we're disc based because back in the mm-hmm. day, Nintendo carts that we called it carts, you know, the cartridges and everything was memory and all that was in there and not and even the original NES didn't. Ha- it wasn't until later on that you could actually save your game. Yeah. Because back in the day, you, you had like you I, had a passcode I, I told system. that story yeah. about how when I was playing Super Mario Three, Super Mario Brothers Three, and you couldn't save the game, and I was playing and I went to go play outside, and my mom, I guess she was cleaning in my room, and bumped the system, and my system turned off, and I was like, no, because it was like, yeah. you know, the the carts didn't save back then. Now, no. now you know. Later on, in Super Nintendo, it was like you know, Super Mario All Stars. You got an awesome save feature, which is. I actually never really finished. If I think about it, I don't think I ever finished Super Mario Brothers Two 
until until the Super Mario All Stars came out because now you had a chance of saving games coming back later. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have to. Because that game's pretty frustrating. You want to walk away from it sometimes because <laughs> you get the levels and they're hard as shit. They are. Like, no, I gotta I gotta walk away. It is the reason being I've been playing your years lately and that's right. the reason why like i'll save it and be like screw it yeah you might have yeah. lost a save file or two no, just that's, FY. Totally. <laughs> no, that's fine um but no it's it's just funny to kind of see you know where where nintendo's gone especially with these iconic characters and uh and let's not glaze over one of probably iwata's most famous games ever uh, earthbound yeah uh and our good friend marcus cleveland he's a huge fan of that series and we luckily got a for the first time ever, we, we got the prequel of the first game in the series called Earthbound Beginnings, which, big shout out to my uh, our, our friends from the NBC Video Game Book Club. Yeah. Uh, our friends John and um, Anthony and Adrian, they uh, they listen to the show on a regular basis. Awesome. Really good friends. Uh, and uh, they they were all talking about the you know how impactful like Earthbound was. And now that we have Earthbound Beginnings, it's kind of awesome to see you know where that franchise started yeah. and now where it's going now. And it was like Iwata, like his fingerprints were all over, like just all over that franchise. And I don't know how much, and now we'll have to look into research. You guys can tell us at home that are listening. There is a, a third game in the series called Mother, Mother. Two or Mother Three, and um, he we don't have that here stateside. And we they're bringing it over. We want. We, we, I don't know if anything's confirmed. We I was under the impression it's coming to the virtual console. Here. I hope like, so. I thought I heard like October, November it's coming to the virtual console. Did you? Oh, well, I'll have to look that uh, up. I, allegedly, allegedly throw that out yeah. there. But I thought I had heard I hope that it, it was coming because they just re-released the original Earthbound for the virtual console, and they yeah. cleaned it up, and it looks really good. And of course, the Earthbound Beginnings is on the virtual. Which console. Uh, my our good friend John, he um, John Panessa, he said that uh, you know it was awesome. He spent thirty hours into the game, like which is awesome. You get a lot of value. That's something you know. About RPGs, you get a lot of value out of no your game. No joke, man. Like that Witcher Three, I've been playing. <laughs> like I've got crazy amount of hours in it. And I think now that I'm older, it's weird because when you're older, you don't have as much time as you do when you're a kid. So, That's like, true. I probably would have liked RPGs more of a kid if I could have wrapped my head around them because sure. I would have gotten so much more life out of a game. But it's just I, I just didn't have the patience for it. But now that I'm older and have the patience, I just don't have the time for it. So. Yeah. Well, especially now it's like you know I have kids and and you know we, my wife and I both work and so yeah. Like, and our car died recently, so it's like we're carpooling everywhere. So like I'll be get up in the morning, get the kids ready, take my wife to work, take the kids to school, come to work, leave, pick up the kids, go pick up the wife, yeah. come home, make dinner, yeah. put the kids down, and lather, rinse, repeat. You know each yeah. day, and it's like I only get a couple hours a night to play video games. So yeah. I'm like I'm I'm going to sit down. You want to maximize. Your I want to maximize yeah, my you time. Want to like play something that's. You know, and I think that's why kind of lately I've been more doing the action adventure game shooters. Sure. Because like a, a Call of Duty, like main. Well, you can just pick line, up and play. You know. Yeah, you can just pick up and play, and not only that, like it, you can play the main storyline of pretty much any Call of Duty game in like twelve hours. So yeah, Iwata, Iwata-san, uh, we miss you. Your you know your your influence on video games is legendary, um, and. It's definitely going to be a change, a paradigm shift for Nintendo yeah, to see, see what that's happens. That's a weird thing because, I, I, in my opinion, and I'm not as big a Nintendo fanboy as you are, so I might be kind of talking out of my keister a little bit, but I, I'm really interested to see what they do next because I felt like a lot of the decisions they've been making lately, he definitely probably had a hand in. And I want to see the direction the company goes now that he's gone. Do they get somebody that's really young? And, like, step him up and see what new ideas, like, a younger guy has. Right. Well, that was the problem because there was 
it looks like Miyamoto-san uh, is going to be stepping in as like an acting president, but like, like an interim president. An interim president, yeah. And the thing is, like, he wants to make games. You know, yeah. I don't know if he wants to take that. He lot. doesn't want to do the tedious because you got to understand when you're That's the president a lot. of a company, it's a lot of like. Well, Iwata didn't make games anymore once once Iwata stepped in as president. Like he had, you know. He would. He doesn't put, have time. He didn't have time. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying he he doesn't have influence on games. I'm just saying he doesn't actually code the games anymore. Yeah. So it was like he didn't really get a chance to kind of sit down in the drawing room board, you know, yeah. uh, board and and try to create stuff from the ground up like he did before. So like I I, I would hate to see Miyamoto like son um cr- sit there about you know in the big suit and like have to be at E3 press conferences, you know, announcing stuff. I don't. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo does because I, I, I want to see what happens with Nintendo as a company because I've always treated Nintendo for me, always felt kind of fun and there's a charm to Nintendo and it's quirky yeah. and Iwata-san was definitely very quirky and charming and there's a lot of memes online of him holding the bananas and like, you know, uh, please understand, you know, <laughs> you know, there's that meme there as well and, and like, so there's like, he's, he's, and he embraced that and he loved it and yeah. I always, I, 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 one memory that always made me, makes me laugh was, it was the last E3 or the uh, E3 before when they in- introduced the Amiibo and him and Reggie uh, were fighting uh, with their Amiibo. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time. And just how much energy and passion he had for the company. Yeah. And I just want whoever steps in as actual president slash CEO, yeah. I want them to have the passion that Iwata-san had. Yeah, because actually it's funny because I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and, and BS our listeners because I'll, n- I'll never do that. I didn't know much about the guy, so I had to do a lot of research for right. our, our podcast today. And one of the things I found was a story about him that I really liked. At the time, he was working for Nintendo, working really hard, and he was in upper management. And he was in a meeting, like, all day. And then he got done with the meeting, and he remembered, oh, my God, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask came out today. So he goes to a store and buys the game. Like, it's the guy that works for Nintendo. I'm sure he could have walked back in there and said, hey. Give me a copy of that. No, he goes to a store, buys a copy of the game, like me and you do, and then goes home and plays it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a that's a guy that loves his his products. Like he wants to go out and pay money for it and take it home and play it. Well, let's let's talk about the last thing he was working on before yeah. you know his passing was Nintendo announced uh, the NX. Mm. Now we you and I have theorized what that means. Uh, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit, but NX is going to be the quote unquote new system yeah. for Nintendo. I'm curious to see how much backwards compatibility that the NX will have. Like, will yeah. you be able to bring your gamepad over? Will you be able to bring your Wiimotes over? Will it be yeah. the actual disc be backwards compatible? Because there's a lot of games that are really popular in the Wii U that I would I would hate for a new comp- a new franchise or a new uh, system come out where you can't play them and use them. Right, especially if you try to introduce new fans. You know, like, hey, Splatoon's really hot right now. Can we? Can we yeah. bring it over for people to play on the NX? So I'm hoping Nintendo does that. But also, I think Nintendo is finally going to get unified accounts. When you buy something on one system, you can play it across all the systems that are Nintendo-related. That's because smart. that was one of the things that I, I laughed, too. I I, I've, I've <laughs> I don't know how many times I've bought Mario and how many times I've bought Legend of Zelda. It's like I bought them so many times on different carts and different cartridges and, and Advance and Game Boy and... And the collections and the four swords and like there's so many different things that I've re- essentially just rebought yeah. over and over again, and then a virtual console and then going to the Wii then paying a dollar to have it put on the Wii U virtual console and and like I would love for it you just buy it once yeah. and then like PlayStation does a really good job. Oh yeah. Of you know you buy something it's in your library. Yeah. And you it's know. just there. It's there. It doesn't matter what system you're on. It's just there. So and I think that Nintendo's definitely got a 
they got to step their game up with that and have like you what said, do you predict fighters. when it comes to NX? Do you think it's going to be a powerhouse system? Do you think it? Do you think it needs to be like higher specs than the PS4? I've nicknamed it uh, the Nintendo NX, standing for nothing exciting. Um, I, they got to come out swinging, and I'm talking Ronda Rousey swinging. Like if they don't, they're screwed. Because in my opinion, the Wii U isn't moving the units they thought it was going to move. Well, I think there's. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Why? Why? Why was the Wii U a quote unquote? I'm not gonna say failure because I don't think it was a failure, but a quote unquote, um, not a success. In my opinion, it two things happened. One, they jumped the gun. They should have waited, saw what N- Xbox One was gonna do, and saw what PS4 was gonna do instead of going, oh, we gotta beat them to market, beat them to market. Why? You were already behind with we the original Wii. You were behind. So wait, see what they do, and then change what you need to change, then drop it later. You would, They would have been fine. But no, they had to be the first out. So they did. Then what happened was they dropped the Xbox One and the PS4, and the specs blew the, the Wii U out of the water. So they're like, well, you know, companies are like, look, we're not making our games for it. And that was the well, second I, death I, blow. I, I think the a lot of it has... third-party support well, is third, just gone. Right, third-party support, I think, has always been an issue with Nintendo. No. If you look at, like, the history of Nintendo... It wasn't until back, even the Nintendo 64, like, there was an issue with getting third-party support there. Nintendo, yeah. the DS actually had some good third-party support, I Yeah, think. it was really weird because I got to say, like, in my opinion, I think the third-party support stepped up when the DS showed up and probably when the Wii, in my opinion, showed up. There was a few games for yeah, the Wii, yeah, because, like, sure. the Wii, like, Wii got all the EA games. I was like, wow, like, they got the NCAA football, right. they got Madden, they got FIFA. I was like, wow, EA is going all out with this Wii. And I think part of it was because the Wii sold so many damn units. Right, they're like, they're we like, got to have her name on a console. On a con- that was- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It sold that many units. Right. I think before they didn't care, but because they sold so many, they're like, okay, we care. Um, and the problem is, same thing with the Wii U. It didn't sell enough units for EA to give a shit. So. Right, and also I I think my main problem was no one knew what it was like when no. we saw that at E three and they said here's an announcing the Wii U and they bring out this Game tablet pad, yeah. you're like what is this is this an extension or something that you buy for the Wii what they didn't even show the console that at that E three all they like, showed was the gamepad like, and it confused the shit out of people and and I was like what is this you know and then naming it the Wii U like that was a a marketing nightmare think about that for a minute it's like. I don't know. Like I, I just think like people got confused. Parents were, were confused because yeah. you know parents were buying a lot of the consoles and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And it's just like no one knew what it was and who it was for. And it wasn't an extension. It wasn't an upgrade. You know yeah. what, what do you do here? And I I remember when the 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 gamepad came out. I was I don't know. I mean, obviously they've iterated on it now, but I, I don't yeah. know if they r- Nintendo really showed off the real main reason why you have to have a gamepad. Yeah. Sure, there's some. I think having a touchpad's awesome for like RPGs, and I think the Wind Waker HD collection is great when you switch items out and whatnot. Like, there's some cool uses games have for it, but I just felt like a lot of it was just shoehorned in. You know, like yeah. you didn't even like some games don't even have it. like it's just black. The screen on yeah. the bottom's like black. Like yeah. it's like all right, well I guess we're not gonna need the the bottom screen for that. So I like, I, and I think it confused developers too because originally think about it too. Right now. Most developers are developing for the PS4 and they're porting it over to the other systems. So it's yeah. like, do they want to spend the extra time and extra man hours? Look at Ubisoft. I look at Ubisoft, for example. Like they they start off, all right, Strong, we're gonna make Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then and this is like, oh well, oh Watchdogs. Remember that Watchdogs was a big deal. They're yeah. like, we're gonna get Watchdogs on here, and it just did not work yeah. out. 
and then Batman was on there, and it just it sure it was fun, but it wasn't like the best version of the game. No. It was like, well, why should I spend the extra money? Why should I buy the console just you know for these type of games when yeah. you can just buy them on the PS4 or Xbox yeah. One? But I also think one of the main re- now I'm not we're playing devil's advocate here, obviously, but I think that's one of the main reasons you know the Wii U actually had issues selling. Yeah. Um, and also think the price point three hundred dollars. You know, I think it's pretty that damn high. It's pretty high when you could spend fifty dollars, fifty dollars more, and, you and know. get a Xbox One. Yeah. It's like shit. I'm gonna do that if they, because I'll tell you right now, if they wanted to move units, they drop that bitch down to two hundred dollars and package mm-hmm. it like two hundred dollars, and you get it, and you get Smash Brothers, yep. and you get Mario Kart all in a box. I would go to Best Buy right now right. and spend two hundred dollars. I, I, I think they need to that. if they if they want because now they did do price point drops with the, the Wii U or the Wii and all that. Stuff and it did, yeah. and the GameCube also got a price. I think they did a price drop with the the GameCube where they they bumped in Metroid Prime. I think, yeah. and so like that that helps sell it, move, yeah. that helps sell sell units. And I think if they do something with the Wii U, uh, obviously I'd, I'd be curious to see how the market speaks when now that you you know how like someone passes away. Usually, like when Michael Jackson passed away, like his sales tripled. You know, oh, on really? iTunes. So I'd be curious to see if like people start buying systems almost like in respects for for what Iwatasan did. Maybe, uh, but. I'm loving my Wii U. I play it every day, especially with Splatoon. Um, well, the other thing, too, is you got kids, so it's kid-friendly. So you can play right. the games with the kids there, right. and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely pluses for you to play it versus me, single guy, who doesn't have to worry about that kind it of all, thing. It all really know. depends on how – I guess the real thing is, like, one thing that Sony and Microsoft don't have is they don't have Mario. They don't have Link. They don't have Zelda. They don't yeah. have Samus. They don't have these, uh, you know – Iconic IPs, arguably the most iconic characters of all time, um, period. And they don't have you can't you can only play them on Nintendo. Yeah. So that was one of the things is like I knew going into buying my Wii U, I want it for Smash, I want it for Mario Kart, I want it for New Mario, I want it for Zelda, which I don't know about you, Deuce, but I'm I feel even though Miyamoto and and, and Anuma-san said that. Zelda is still coming out for the NX. They didn't necessarily say it's not or it's coming out yeah, for, for the, the Wii U. I, I they, have they, my they, own theory they, on they, that. Well, we've talked about it sure. before. We've talked about it before, but like no one's saying it's not coming to the NX. They're just saying it will come to the Wii U. So it's kind of I'm be curious to see what happens when the Zelda for the Wii U comes out because I'm buying it, of course. But I'd be curious to see what happens with the NX because what if yeah. the NX they go well, you can play it on the NX. Because it's backwards yeah. compatible, and they you can bring your gamepad over and bring. I, yeah. That's the problem thing is like some I games are. I think they're gonna do like I said, the Wii U version. Because remember when Twilight Princess came out, and they had the Wii U version and the GameCube. The version. Wii version and GameCube version, yeah. yeah. And the Wii version ran ten times smoother than the GameCube version. I think it's gonna be same thing. They're gonna make an NX version and a Wii U version. Um, we'll see what happens, yeah. I guess. Um, but yeah, it'd be curi- I'd be curious to kind of see. Once Zelda actually comes out, a how much does it sell? Because yeah. the only what nine something million units have been sold for the Wii U, so yeah. that I'd be curious just to kind of see how well you know Zelda sells, um, you know, for the console. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's a wait and see. It's going to be coming out next year at some point. Um, if you're Nintendo, of course, uh, I want to do a little predictions here for next year. Nintendo, uh, they show the they show the NX at E3. You think next year? <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, cause it's out, and, th- and that was one of the main things you and I were talking about before before we were recording. Like, why even bring it up? Like, well, that was the thing. Yeah, Deuce and I. This is like a week ago. Slipped up, and right. I'm like, what the well, fuck? Dude? Well, Deuce and I were talking about this like a couple weeks ago. We're like, imagine if the, no one even announced the NX. Like, yeah. it wasn't even on our radar. Yeah. Like, no one said anything. 
people wouldn't be this freaked out about Zelda. Like people would be like, "Oh, all right, I got delayed," you know. Because but the fact that the the NX is out in the mind's eye of everybody of the gamers, people are hesitant to pull the trigger to buy Wii. I'm Wii not U. buying one because so. I'm like, well, shit. You know, an NX might come out next year, and I just dropped three hundred dollars, and now there's a new system. I don't. Gonna, I know? don't think if if I were, if I'm not a betting man, but if I were a betting man, I would say the NX gets shown at E3 next year. And then it doesn't come out to holiday or November holiday slash holiday 2017. So yeah. that's still, you know, a couple years away. Yeah. So what does Nintendo do between that time? I don't know. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. You got to come out swinging harder to E3 than just dropping Star Fox. But ima- well, that's actually I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of wanted to talk about that because for me, we were having our NBC video game book club. We actually were talking about Star Fox, and I actually wasn't blown away by what I saw no. at E3. I felt and I. And I argue that there hasn't been a good uh, Star Fox since the 64 version. Oh, yeah. So, like, I don't know how well the franchise sells, but the f- the you're trying to put Star Fox as your main system for the for the rest of the year. I don't know how well people identify as Star Fox other than Smash yeah. Brothers. So, for me, it's like, personally, like, I, I love Star Fox on the uh, Super Nintendo, yeah. and I love it for 64. And oh, it, it was holds a, up really well yeah. in 64. And the, and the 3DS remake of the 64 works really well and it was really nice uh, but I'm curious to see how well I mean Platinum Games who is an amazing company that make amazing developer they did Bayonetta 2 which was amazing and they, they've done a lot of other amazing games they actually did Matter World which we talked about earlier uh, and so they've done a lot of great games so I'd be curious to see but what they showed at the trailer at E3 it's supposed to come out this year it felt very empty like the world felt didn't feel very vast and open. It felt very empty, and that was one of the things that scared me a little bit. Was, and also the video quality of the E3 uh, direct wasn't very high quality. It yeah. was kind of pixelated, so I didn't get to see a full HD version, which you can now. You can go on the uh, Nintendo's YouTube channel on the interwebs. On the interwebs and look at it. it. It looks all right. I just I don't know. There's something missing. I can't put my finger on it, and I hope they. This isn't everything. Hope this is a small vertical slice of what you can do. Um, I'm going to buy it because I want to support Nintendo Vote with my wallet kind of deal that Deuce and I are proponents of. But I'm just curious to see how well it sells because I don't know historically if Star Fox is a huge franchise. I don't know what they sell every year because that was oh, something that's a that damn good question. Because I'm, I'm in hindsight, like everybody knows who has a Super Nintendo or has a 64 has Star Fox. Right. But did they buy it when it first came out? Did they get it later because sure. of word of mouth? Like, that's a really good question. Like, and in my opinion, I don't, I mean, it's not a system seller. I'm not going like, damn, that new Star Fox came out. I better do a barrel roll over to Target and get one. You know, like, I don't think I'm doing that, you know. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see what happens with that because they're, I think they're banking on it a little bit. Um, but no one expected, and let's just talk about a little bit, uh, just a little bit about Splatoon. Not, we're going to do a le- an episode later with our friend Marcus about that. But uh, Splatoon sold a million units, uh, which yeah, is crazy. It sold really quick, which too. is crazy. Uh, and I don't know what the numbers are numbers are now, but like that's that's kind of crazy to see what they did with you know a brand new IP. So, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with Star Fox. I hope Star Fox. You know, I, of course, I think they're going to have Amiibo, Star Fox Amiibo, because. They they've been selling like hotcakes. That's one thing yeah. that Nintendo has really knocked it out of the park. Was their yeah, amiibo. man, those amiibos. And I'm not gonna lie, if they weren't so expensive, I'd probably buy a couple just to put in my office because yeah. they're cool. Especially like the new one, the eight bit Mario. Oh, I think that that's thing looks awesome. awesome. Yeah. And if they weren't such a uh, excuse my French out there listening audience, such a bitch to find and get a hold of and deal with. Uh, and if the price point was lower, because aren't they like twenty bucks a pop? Thirteen ninety nine. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, or twelve ninety nine. Uh, thirteen ninety nine if you're at Target. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, not Target, Toys R Us, excuse me. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be curious to see what happens with Nintendo. And, you know, I think a lot of the major major franchises we aren't going to see for the rest of the year. I, I think we're going to wait. They're gonna I don't think th- we're going to see anything until next Christmas. Yeah. Like, And then maybe we get Zelda next Christmas, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe we get something because I mean, literally, this. Well, Christmas what is Nintendo going to do for the next year? Like that, that's that's well, that's what we need to see what happens because Nintendo is always working on something, but I'd be curious to see if there's anything they're working on in their bag of tricks that they can pull out. They need to pull something out because look, what do you got this Christmas? You got Star Fox and Mario Maker. Well, Mario Maker's going to sell really well, I think. I, I'm not going to lie. The Mario Maker looks cool as shit. Like, yeah. I, I'll talk yeah. about your smack, but it does look damn cool. Yeah, and but I'm curious to see how well it'll sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think like if you already own fans, it. Yeah, if yeah. you already own If you're a diehard Nintendo fan, you already own a Wii U, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're already going to buy Mario Maker. Oh, yeah. But how many, I don't know how many systems it's going to sell. Oh, I don't think uh, it'll I mean, sell I think any Nintendo, systems. I, I, well, I don't say any systems, but like I think Nintendo did a good job with the Nintendo World Championships of showing what the capability of Mario Maker is. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. And, and Yoshi's Worldly World's coming out in October. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but like I said, that's for people that already love Nintendo. Like I don't know if they're going to do anything that will actually move units or not. So mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Deuce, I mean, we want to thank everyone for you know uh, listening to this uh, kind of memorial uh, of uh, Iwata-san. Um, 55 years old, so young. Yeah, yeah the bile duct growth, I guess, um, some sort of form of cancer, I guess. Uh, really sad. I mean, 55 years old, so young to, to yeah. die. But it, no matter what, you know, his legacy will live on mm-hmm. forever. Uh, all the games that he's touched, and you know, his fingerprints are on a lot of things. And uh, we're gonna kind of end this episode a little bit different than we normally do, Deuce. Yeah, we got a, a special outro for you guys there at home that we want you to listen. We want to thank you for listening and um, give us, send us your favorite. Iwata memories, any games yeah. that you love from him and things like that. Yeah, send those to us, show at gmail.com. Email them to us. Uh, we're going to be doing a mailbag soon. Yeah. And we might throw a few of those in the mailbag. Yeah. I think that'd be good because, you know, he's he's definitely touched our lives being the gamers that we are. He's, he's touched franchises that we loved. He's created franchises that we love. So without him, we wouldn't have any of that. So please, please, please send us those stories. Yeah, and like we said, we're the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce with Sad Hearts. We just want to say thank, thank you, you Iwata. On my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer. But in my heart, I am a gamer. <laughs>